1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a big week of European action and brace ourselves for the return of the domestic stuff. Rangers beat Sparta Prague with Philippe Clement praising the speed at which his players have embraced his methods. Aberdeen bow out of the Conference League despite an impressive draw away to Pauk and Celtic will be without Dyson Maida for six weeks with Brendan Rodgers admitting he'd be happy to get rid of VAR. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans. Well I hope wholeheartedly agree with Brendan Rodgers on the subject of VAR the sooner we are rid of it the better but I fear it is with us and is here to stay and it never rains but it pours for Celtic the VAR decision that saw Dyson Maida sent off has now turned into an injury for Maida that will keep him out for six weeks and that will be a big blow to Celtic yet another long-term injury as a resurgent Rangers hover in the background and I'm going to take you back to just over a year ago when Barr came in <laughs> and I sat here and I said it will only increase the carnage and now we've got managers north and south of the border hoping that it gets uh, taken away and out of your game and stop the mm-hmm. time uh, lapses for decisions and stop all this carry on just let the referees make the mistake but anyway Rangers, yep, brilliant result, good first half performance last night, uh, definite improvements under Philippe Clement, not so good for Celtic obviously, but a really, really harsh decision to send Eisen made off at a crucial point of the game. But here's the thing, we still have an element of control, we don't have to argue about VAR for two hours, of course we can discuss it, but it doesn't need to be the only thing, we can wrestle back control and discuss other things as well, it's 141951. 1025. If we are starting last night, Rangers fans, it's quite simple. What did you make of it? What are you making of the early stages? We're still obviously learning about Philippe Clement, learning about his ways, learning about his, his methods and his style. So how happy were you with the performance, the result? Are you seeing more and more what he's trying to do? Which players are flourishing? Are there still any that you think are getting left behind a bit? You can share your thoughts on that as well we're going to hear his comments on the speed at which his players are picking up uh, the improvements so what do you make of that turnaround let us know please on 01419511025 Celtic fans again it's a simple question how big a blow is it to be without Dyson Maida for six weeks and who is the main contender to fill that void I think if you were all picking your strongest 11 he would be in it so the fact that he's unavailable for six weeks who would you pick? Who's in the driving seat? Is it time for Yang to come to the fore and show what he can do? Is it time to go for the experience of James Forrest? Is it open to something different? Again, let us know. 01419511025. And if we must, if we must, Brendan Rodgers, Stephen Robinson, numerous managers and pundits and players and fans all over the globe are fed up of VAR. Uh, so you can maybe give us your latest thoughts on that. It doesn't even need to be incident specific. I feel like we've maybe had a bit of a a tipping point in recent weeks. This isn't about your team getting this or that team getting that. I think there's just an overall sort of uh, feeling of apathy at the moment. So 01419511025, looking ahead to the weekend's action, looking back on Europe. It has been another busy week, Hugh Keevans, and this weekend will be no quieter. Yeah, well, if I can go to Sunday and then back to Saturday, Sunday now becomes highly intriguing. You've got Rangers, resurgent Rangers, uh, you were asking who has improved every one of them 
under Philippe Clement. Those who are being slaughtered on this programme are now being praised to the skies on this programme. They will go to Livingston and win because Livingston have hit the skids. Uh, then Celtic will kick off at 2.15 against an Aberdeen team who have a two days less recovery time than Celtic following their European matches. How badly, if at all, mm. will that affect them? And a good shift they put in, by the way. Credit yeah. to them. I know the European journey is over, but overall, some of the performances have been pretty yeah. good, haven't they? Yeah, good old-fashioned Scottish heroic failure on the path <laughs> of Aberdeen, but uh, nonetheless praiseworthy. Uh, I look at tomorrow's matches Hearts need a result Stephen Naismith needs a result But they're at Motherwell Who fought back at Perth And overcame a two goal deficit And then of course Avril's uncle Has the <laughs> St Johnston Ross County game uh, To watch tomorrow uh, Again St Johnston Squandered that two goal lead At Perth midweek And uh, that's before we get to Hibs Not a win under Nick Montgomery as yet but they get another chance tomorrow at home to Kilmarnock and St Mirren upset in midweek but they can go to Dundee for what looks like one of the best games of the day Right, come on then Rangers fans what did you make of last night? What are the differences you're seeing? Celtic fans how big a blow is the absence of Maeda? Brendan Rodgers wants to get rid of VAR or would get rid of VAR uh, St Mirren fans Stephen Robinson Agrees Aberdeen played last night Big games across the place at the weekend Let's get stuck in with Justin Who's on the line Justin, how do you reflect on Ibrox last night? Outstanding To be honest with you Absolutely outstanding um, It's Watching a team Four weeks ago to last night Is I'm not sure a miracle to be honest with you So watching two different teams um, I'd have been keen to understand Kenny's thoughts, obviously, is a, a very fit player who took care of himself all through his career. Noticing the difference last night in the press and the speed and the energy that they seem to have for the first whistle, at least for the first 30, 40 minutes, was, I think it blew Sparta right off the off. I, I don't think they were expecting it. I think it was the energy, the, the, the press, and the, just the tenacity that the Rangers seemed to have for the first whistle was impressive. I'd be keen to see if Kenny thought if he's noticing the, the fitness levels changing or a difference between Michael Beale's team and, and Clement's team and, and that this could come through. Justin's line's gone a bit at the end but we certainly got the gist of it. You noticing difference? Listen, again, see, see in terms of the fitness, uh, everybody can improve in fitness. That, that, that's just a fact. Whether you're super fit or, or whether you're struggling a little bit, you can always improve. What I would say is, is it can be the demand that the manager puts on you to carry out certain instructions. You seen last night with it, and by the way, the personnel that you have available to you as well. So Danilo last night, uh, he can he can run quicker than Dessers. I think that's that's pretty clear. You know, so when he's pressing, it, he looks quicker. There looks like there's a, a, a higher intensity towards it, and again, it puts the defender who had a really bad night, by the way, under real pressure to then give up the first goal. I also think when you look at the Seema, he can run really fast. He's powerful. He can tuck, sorry, Cantwell up on that side as well. So rather than Lammers maybe being there as well, you've got guys that can press and they can press in real intensity. And what that can lead to is, is what happened against Hibs as well is winning the ball a lot higher up the field and then you've got far shorter to go towards the goal. Uh, last night they were excellent. I think the energy within the, the performance was good. The quality within the performance was good. I do think it's the team building confidence. It's Philippe Clement 
right in saying that he's making strides forward in, in relation to the improvements. I also do think it's down to these players, the best players that he's going to have available to him, getting back fit and being on the field to play. It has to be a very simple thing. Michael Beale was not capable of getting out of these players what Philippe Clement can get out of them. And that's the difference between a very experienced title-winning manager from Belgium and someone that Rangers fell for, who had very little experience in management, and it showed. So every player has got better. Everything about Rangers is better than it was under Michael Beale. And they are, without doubt, a team with momentum and confidence and they will beat Aris Limassol with ease at Ibrox and they will be in Europe beyond Christmas. But the Rangers fans are enjoying this. They don't need your predictions. This is it's weeks away. They don't need your predictions to ruin their night at I this moment in time. I don't care what they need. I know what I want to tell them. What are you... Um, any, are there any kind of players in particular that you think are thriving just in or look noticeably different or improved? The, the biggest one for me last night, and I don't know what the guys thought, but Ben Davis I thought was phenomenal last night. I thought his, his aerial duels, he was aggressive, he looked sharp, he looked on it. That that was a big uh, a big sign for me. But like, like the guys have said, every player just seemed to have an extra yard in them last night. Um, and, and the energy and the intensity was, was impressive. The only one, <laughs> I hate to go on about it, but the only one that Seemed a wee bit lacklustre was was Dessers when it came on. Still seemed a yard off it, but as I say, for me, Ben Davis, Connor Golson, the defence last night looked solid, strong, aggressive. Uh, even Barisic, for once, I'm a big kind of critic of him, but he seemed to be chasing things down. He seemed full of energy. He seemed to be running the line, which he's not done for a while. Every ball before seemed to go back the way under Michael Beale. Now he's going forward again, looking for forward passes. It, it was just an impressive performance. It was a wee bit squeaky bum time for the last 20 minutes, but for, certainly for the first 40, 50 minutes, I was massively impressed. Mm. And, massively. It, and that last bit then, does that just come from the fact that, you know, this is a work in progress? It is early. You possibly can't keep that level of intensity up for for the full game. Is is that why it got maybe nervier than it, it it could have or should have at the end? Well, they're 2-0 up and it's a, it's a natural reaction to think, right, OK, we've, we've got a healthy lead here at the moment we're playing very very well again what you can't underestimate is there's another team on the side, mm. other side of this as well uh, by the way a very good team that they showed a few weeks back as well where they absolutely dominated Rangers and Rangers again it, for me really highlights how important that that point was that night uh, against Prague when Prague probably should have won the game quite comfortably but uh, yeah so there was that as well they, they turned up more in the second half Rangers levels maybe dropped a little bit but like you say you can't always get to that level but what's important when the other team's having mm. their good moment that you defend resolutely they, you're dogged they took off they the one guy that was having the worst night in the history of football which was incredible. Rangers fans did you actually end up feeling sorry for Gomez at the but, back yeah, it, was, it was one of well, those no, Hugh Keevans of course not no, <laughs> no, no fan will feel sorry for him they'd be delighted he was hopeless uh, but right at the end you know and Justin's talking about squeaky bum time right at the end Jack Butlin once again proves that you can't beat having a very good goalkeeper there was that save that prevented the, the sucker punch so everything about Rangers night was a positive it's just the, the reliability, isn't it, Kenny? It's, 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 it's not about making these like outrageous, world-class saves. Can't believe he's kept that out. It's just kind of known that, he'll, known that he'll do it if called upon. There's a few things with Jack, <coughs> with Jack Butlin. 
he's capable of making these saves. There's no doubt about it, and he has done in his short Rangers career. But what he's also doing is he's doing the things that maybe go that little bit unnoticed. He's coming for the crosses. He's slowing the game down. When there's a game to be managed at the end of it, he's directing his defenders. No, no, go up the field. I'm kicking into that corner. We're going to see this game out. He's a leader. He's got experience. He's got the quality. And he's been he's been the perfect signing to come in. And he's, I know he's talked about the goalies of the, of the past, the Rangers. Well, he's coming into this the, the conversation, mm. even at this early stage. But last night, again, his game management and the smaller things, the smaller details, he's just doing everything right at the moment. Thank you to Justin. What about Lee then? You as impressed as your fellow Rangers fan there, Lee? Um, hello, guys. Um, I am absolutely delighted uh, the way things have gone since Cobots came in. I just think... Um, as a fan watching Rangers, it, it's enjoyable again. Because at the start of the season, it wasn't enjoyable, and you just felt as if you just knew it was going to implode at one point, and obviously it did. But since he's come in, it's just been a lot more enjoyable. I like what he says in press conferences. He doesn't really say much. <laughs> it's just quite funny about it. He doesn't say much. He doesn't give a lot away. But you can see it in the players as well that they're responding to it. They seem happier. They seem we know what we're doing here. And I think as a player, like. It's all right giving players tactics and saying you need to do this, you do that. Like the players need to understand what they're doing, and most importantly, they need to they need to be enjoying what they're doing, and they are they are doing it. And I've got nothing but um, nothing but good things to say about the big man. Obviously, more tests are going to come in time. It's only the start of his his reign at Ibrox, and it's gone brilliant. I've only got one small criticism, and it's no. I can understand why he's playing him, and I'm not trying to be negative here. Is I don't think Lammers is often enough in the Rangers shirt, and I see the guy talking and think he seems like a nice guy. It's not a personal problem, but there's got to come a time where he can't start. Maybe he has started just now because he's not really got a choice because. Obviously, Lawrence has just come back to injury and things. But have you seen it last night? Um, the team were brilliant. I mean, the, the intensity they played it. I mean, the difference the Nilo's played since he's been playing up front instead of out in the left when Michael Beale was there. It just makes us look a lot better team. But Ross McCausland came on last night. And he just, in 15 minutes, in 15 minutes, he offered more than Lammers in the full game. And I just feel that. If we can get a good player in that position where Lammers is playing, I think we're going to be a really, really good team. And I'm sorry, I just want to ask Kenny this, because Kenny obviously played for Rangers, and Kenny was a really, really good player for Rangers. I mean, he always delivered in old firms and things, so he was a good, a, a big-game player for Rangers under Walter Smith. Um, um, what's I got to say? I kind of forgot what I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I keep talking, pal. Too, much, <laughs> keep talking too much unwarranted <laughs> praise for Kenny Miller. You yeah. were going to ask, I think, about, you know, Lammers. Look, look, you don't need to go digging around and find negatives on what was largely a positive night. If you were looking for one player that still maybe needs to, to get up to speed with the rest, is, is it now him? Because the de- Dessers has not got the burden on him anymore because he's not playing. Danilo is. But, but Lammers is still in there. Has he still got a bit to go? I think so. I think he's still going this and he scored a wonderful goal last week up at, up at Dens. And by the way, he's not doing too much wrong uh, in terms of last night's performance. It was a strong team performance and it's probably harsh to kind of single someone out for. And it's no criticism. It's like you say, it's just, can he be given more? What I, what I think you'll find in, in the coming weeks is once Tom Lawrence is fitting up to speed, once Nico Raskin's back in as well in the team, uh, or, he, or he's available for selection, Philippe Clement will have a few decisions to make. and Maybe Scott Wright all of a sudden. Scott Wright might again, have thought he, it. He's came into the reckoning as well. So there is going to be options there. So it's not going to be as clear cut as these guys are just going to be.
will be selected to play. There was a touch of classic Clamont last night when Danilo and Todd Cantwell were doing a bit of Strictly Come dancing in celebration of a goal and the manager <laughs> saying, get up the park. You know, I can the, imagine you two doing that after the full-time teaser exactly. tonight. After one of us has done beat the pundit, definitely. The dance routine. Yeah. But that's classic Clamont. Get up the park, never mind your celebrations. And, you know, as Lee has pointed out, in press conferences, uh, it beats hearts to get into the Viaplay Cup final. First thing he says, don't think that's the Cup one. We've only just won this game and the, the Cup final is still to come and I'm not even thinking about that. Then he wins uh, last night and he immediately says, we've won nothing yet. Just let's keep going mm. and Limassol to come next. Thank you very much to Lee 01419511025 More reaction to last night If you wish Celtic fans Brendan Rodgers spoke today Dyson Maida Out for six weeks How big a blow Is that And um, He's got some interesting thoughts On VAR as well So whatever tickles your fancy Now's the time to share it 01419511025 You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans are here on 01419511025 Been a busy couple of days in Scottish football Always interesting on a Friday when we get to hear from some of the managers as well Celtic fans, what are you thinking about the absence of Dyson Maida six weeks out? And Brendan Rodgers admitting if it was up to him, he'd get rid of VAR altogether. I wonder what you make of those comments. Let's hear from Philippe Clamont. He says he's never seen a team improve as fast as his side have done over the past month. Of course, you know it's an unbeaten start. Five wins out of his six games in charge. We're not working with uh, robots or machines. We're working with, uh, with, uh, with people. You don't know what, what's, what's going to happen, how somebody reacts, what's happening in his private life or in football. Uh, there are so many situations that we don't control. We like to control everything we, that we can control in a football club. And for the moment, it's because of the players are really focused, um, really concentrated every meeting that they make a really big steps forward in a fast time. And I have to say, this is the fastest way that the team reacted uh, until now when I was working somewhere because of their concentration. Maybe also because uh, they come from a, from a very low and deep point and that they realise they need this. Mm, let's bring in John on the line, see what he thinks. John, how's it going? Uh, evening, evening panel. How are you? Are you well? I'm, I'm absolutely overjoyed at the work Philip Comont has done for this team. I think everybody... For the Rangers fans, and including myself, we're almost in full scope when Michael Michael Beale was towards the end with Michael Beale. And he's brought the, the fans back and he's brought the team back as well. It's a completely night and day uh, situation for, for the team. But I've just loved and seen what the, the guy's doing, getting through the next stage of year. But he's making it very, very hard not to get carried away and say, well, I think we can get the league now. Let, let's get pernickety over one of the footballing cliches that does around. Is it as extreme as night and day? It's obviously improved. Is it as extreme as night and I, day? I think if you go back to the reaction when uh, Michael Beale lost to our weakened Celtic side at Ibrox and the the storm that followed Aberdeen's win at Ibrox, mm. uh, yes, it is night and day compared to that. He is Clement, the blue Postacoglu. 
he has come in and he has transformed the club. Uh, it took Ange Postacoglu six games. He won three, he lost three, and then he dominated Scottish football after six games. And Philippe Clement has transformed Rangers. I think I think it is night and day so far. Yeah. I think if you pick the absolute low points of Michael Beale to illustrate your point, then that, that's an accurate statement, Kenny. Um, I just wonder if it's... This is not designed to take anything away from Philippe Clement. There's been an obvious improvement that you, I don't think you could deny it. But if you're talking about last night in isolation, Rangers already beat Betis in the group. They drew two all at home with PSV Eindhoven. Yes, we all know what happened away. It feels like Rangers... Um, Issues or the, the 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 occasions in which Philippe Clement is going to have to improve them probably aren't nights like last night. It's that sort of run of the mill stuff that Hugh mentions Aberdeen coming or some of the games that that where Michael Beale's undoing and where Giovanni Van Bronckhorst undoing as well because again he got them to a European final. Well, listen, you've just taken the words right out of my mouth. Sorry. I'm going to go back to when Steven Gerrard left, and apparently the team is getting a bit stale, even though they were six points top of the cle- uh, sorry clear at the top of the league. Giovanni comes in and there was a improved reaction. There's better energy. There's a better. Then Giovanni was stale at the start of last season. Michael came in and got a response. And by the way, won all the start of his games as well and beat everybody in front of him. And like you say, Gio took the team to a, to a European final. The team's better at this moment in time. There's a better energy. They're, they're performing better as individuals. As a team, they look more united. Uh, I'm going to say it again. I think the players had to take a bit of responsibility for what had happened to previous managers. Not just not just Michael, but if they can not put the tools away, because I know that was getting thrown at them a lot of time, or not not trying, but they were just maybe not as energised as much as what they are since since Philippe Clements came in. And what there's been is everything he's done. He's had to do. He's won the league games. Whilst by the way, sometimes playing not too well, like he did at Hearts uh, against Hearts at Ibrox, where Hearts for long spells looked like they were going to win. He got the job done. Away in Prague, never played particularly well, but got a really, really important point now, particularly off the back of last night. So in every competition that he's got, he's in a really, really good place at this moment in time. And he's in a place to improve. That's the best time to be driving things and driving standards. It's where you're actually at a good moment, you know, so he can now push this team even further. Um, two Johns on the line One in Canvas Lang And one in Cumbernauld That's confusing me Who did we speak to initially? It was Cumbernauld wasn't it? Um, so so definitely John You're taking From what you've seen already As a Sort of confirmation That, that this title race Is very much on for you I, I really do um, I, It's similar to the feeling Under Stephen Gerrard You can feel It building To something that If you get what I mean is you can see just even in the players' energy when they're on the pitch, they're, they're playing with a different energy. And they're co- when they're coming off the pitch, they're, they're not hanging their heads down anywhere. Uh, they're fighting for everything. Now, as maybe they'll just come on, as the players uh, acclimating to what he's wanting and them I'm acclimating to them, like there's only so much you can do until January comes in and he'll probably get mm. like two one or two people in that he's wanting, but I think he's got things that he players that when they've got it otherwise. There are 26 games left to be played by Celtic and 27 to be played by Rangers. Uh, that's an awful lot of points. Uh, it would be foolhardy to say that the league is over when you have two-thirds of the season to go. So, of course, the league is still mm. a matter for conjecture and debate. 
Yeah, that, that, that doesn't need to be a big controversial statement, does it? Re no. re regardless of who's managing who or whatever. You, yeah. If, you know, same I, amount of games I, I if it was the, to go to five points. The season has taken a dramatic turn. When you consider that uh, Rangers lost first game out at Kilmarnock, uh, the defeat from Celtic, the defeat from Aberdeen, the season has taken a dramatic turn. Michael Beale was on the way towards losing the league and possibly by a distance. That has now changed course. Thank you to John in Cumbernauld. John and Canvas Lang, what are you thinking? Right, evening panel, uh, Gordon, Hugh and Kenny. Hello. Uh, so, sent you a producer, Chris, uh, watching the game last night and when uh, Ross McCausland came on, the energy, he just gave Ibrooks a lift. A few... The few games I've seen him play for Rangers, he looks a player, he's got an eye for a pass. Two passes last night, could have been goals for Rangers, have had their shooting boots on with two chances. And I know he's out of contract at the end of the season, so I think it's imperative that we look at extending his contract, because he's a player that's kind of be far away from getting a start. It could possibly be Sunday starts and maybe move him out in the wing. Uh, Lammers doesn't play, then you bring Cantwell in Lammers' position. and. I feel it's just the energy and the, the first touch for the, the boy. I know he's no twenty's not young, young, but he's took his chance when he's come on in the games and getting them signed up. I think some pair of. Did you good. did you just come on here to a guy who turns seventy four <laughs> in two days and say twenty's not young, young? Yeah. Honestly, how to make friends with Hugh Kevens? Um, Clement obviously understands the importance of McCausland, and he is now in the hands of people who take those decisions and who put forward the terms to someone like McCausland. Uh, as he always says, Philippe Clement, he can only influence the things mm. that he can influence. And contracts, that's not his department. But I think he will have said to those who do look after that side of Rangers business, I want him to stay. I don't think there's any doubt about that. What, what did you make of him when he came on, Kenny? And, and how much is the challenging scenarios like this to... Impressed, then hopefully get a chance and then keep doing it when Tom Lawrence is fully fit and Todd Cantwell's fully firing and if Sam Lammers picks up because you know th there are numbers in there I suppose that he's need to compete with well, rather well, what, than Tondo comes back or. Well what happens when these guys are missing is people got opportunities what, what, what McCausland's done is take that opportunity every single time he's came on he's impacted the game in a positive sense and last night was probably the biggest impact that he's mm. had in relation to the the passes that John is uh, is referring to they, they were absolutely outstanding passes firstly the one is, uh, with the right foot that slid through the defensive line was I mean firstly to see that is, is, a, is a big thing but then to go and execute the pass the way he did and then the presence he mind he had when he cut in is actually if you, when you watch it back he just kind of delayed the pass as well with his left foot uh, that put, I think it was Seema that he put in and he just kind of slid it down the other side of the of the, of the defender and right into the path of Seema you know he's, he's, he's really impacted the game in a positive way the next steps to get a start you know like you say is that or John says that might come Sunday you know, it might, and I, I love his thinking as well in terms of putting Cantwell into the 10 and bringing him into that kind of right-wing uh, area. So it's, uh, it's, it's he's taking his opportunity. What I think you'll find now is he will be part of Philippe Clement's squad. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt by the way, I'll take, I'll take it actually away for you. Yeah, he is in control of that. He might not be in control of negotiating the terms of the contract, but he can be saying, this lad is part of my squad. We need to get him signed up. So it's... Uh, 
he's, he's really, listen, he's really, really impressed because people are saying, is he ready for a start? And I was at that, well, I'm not too sure, it needs to be earned. I think he's earned an opportunity now, definitely to be part of Philippe Clement's squad moving forward. Thank you very much to John. Let me run this past you before we go any further. No answer again on Make Me A Winner today. It went to five rings unanswered, so we miss out on the chance to end the week with a winner. But don't worry, it's now over to you. You could be the winner of £112,000 on Monday when we make the call. But you need to be in the draw. We've teamed up with our stations across the UK to bring you this incredible amount. So text YES to 61025, Y-E-S to 61025. It's £2 to text plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com online for £2 or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate as well. It is over 18s only and the good news is if you've entered since Doogie won on Wednesday, your entry is still in the draw. You don't need to enter again. But to everyone else, get involved. All the rules for this network competition are online and the important bit, if you get the call after 3pm on Monday, answer within five rings, say make me a winner straight away and £112,000 would be yours. So text yes to 61025 and if you want to give us a call right now, please do. Celtic fans, how big a blow is it to lose Dyson in Maida for six weeks? Would you, who would you give the nod to take his place? And what about Brendan Rodgers saying he'd be happy to get rid of VAR? 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller is here, so is Hugh Keevans on 0141-951-1025 They are desperate for you to join in, so why not give them a call or send them a tweet as well at Clyde SSB Let's hear a bit from Brendan Rodgers And I'm keen to get your thoughts on this Celtic fans How big a blow is the absence of Dyson Maida? Uh, who would you have take his place? Who's in the driving seat? Is it Yang? Is it James Forrest? Is it some reshuffle that we've not considered? Get all your ideas over to us uh, And he's also got some interesting comments on VAR as well Let's start with the injury news though uh, And he says, in his mind of course Dyson Maida's absence Six weeks will be a huge loss Dizan Mieda will probably be Dizan probably be up to six weeks out with the injury from the uh, the challenge. So um, he's sort of strained his 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 medial knee ligament, which comes from when you just knock a player on the foot. If, if he was in stronger in the challenge, he probably wouldn't have had the injury. So uh, just a clash of feet, it's just opened up his knee ligament. So um, so it's a big shame for us because he's been brilliant. For, for me since I came here. The irony is that as soon as the red car went up, their player miraculously got up off the floor. So, um, But Dyson's out for six weeks or so, so, uh, so it's a, a disappointment for us. It's a big loss because his attitude and mentality going into every game is, is superb. He initiates the pressure for us at the top end. But I always say it's, it's an opportunity for someone else to come in and, uh, and take that opportunity to play. You can't replicate Maeda. There's no one like him at Celtic Park. Also, at the start of the season, your front three would have been Dyson, Maeda, Kyogo and uh, Lilabada. So two of those are now lost to Brendan Rodgers. Uh, in a season when plenty of long-term injuries, you've got, still got Navrotsky out, uh, Lagabielka appears to have vanished, um, and Tilio was signed in June he's still not played and we're almost in December uh, so it's been a, a tough one for Brendan Rodgers and who takes his place? Probably Yang who for me flatters to deceive 
maybe James Forrest, uh, who, you know, we all said last week, what a servant he'd been to the club, scoring in 15 consecutive seasons. And there'll be others in the frame. Mikey Johnson might even get a look in. But it's a big blow because there is no mm. Dyson made a two. I'm going to campaign as well uh, to change the way we report injury news because we always talk about weeks. I wonder if you should do games because six weeks at another time of the year might not be as extreme yeah. as it is now. You're looking at about nine games in that in that six week um, period. So that so you want to control the language? Yes, that the yeah, yeah, if, are, if you all don't yeah, mind, okay. um, yeah. I just think it's better. It gives us um, it gives us a greater sense of urgency and severity as to this absence. So um, yeah, what does that take us up to just before Christmas? Looking at nine games potentially. Um, that's a lot for, as Hugh says, a department that maybe hasn't got that obvious replacement and if a bad is out and, and so on. And, and, and what it can also mean is it can also take you maybe a that little bit longer to get back to where you were before, you know, so it's a, it's a crucial loss for Celtic, like you say, particularly this time of season. Uh, offensively, it, it gives you I mean, as much as technical ability might be a little bit limited he's not maybe as good as a Forrest or a Palma or, or an Abada or definitely not a Jota who, who exited in the summer but what he brings is he's really really good pace his movement is excellent off that left side as well but it's the other side of the game his pressing his, his energy his work ethic is, uh, is second I mean you say there's nobody like him at Celtic there's probably nobody like him in our country you know, in, in terms of how he plays. So, uh, so it'll be a big, big loss, but like we've just talked about Rangers there, it's an opportunity for somebody to come in and now get regular game time. And what is the opportunity then, Daniel? Have you got a solution? Brendan Rodgers, he's looking for inspiration. Yuri's man, what advice are you giving him? Uh, I think there's maybe an option of putting Kyogo out on the left-hand side and bringing O up front. Um, as much as that's taking Kyogo out of his position, you know, he's scoring all these goals, I think that, you know... It could give us an option up front that's maybe different to what we've before. I love this because I don't even care if you agree, but I just like the fact that it's it's thoughtful. You can just go, I just put Yang in, shrug your shoulders, move yeah. on. Daniel's got a solution. Well, it doesn't work. Do you think it. taking the 30 goal man out of his natural habitat is the, the, the yeah, wrong call? Dude. I think that's a bad idea. Yeah, well, call me yeah. old fashioned, but. That's a bad idea. And even Ange Postacoglu admitted that he got it wrong when he played uh, Kyogo in that position and lost to Rangers at Ibrox in his first season. Uh, oh, is no Kyogo. Uh, so that's not the solution, Daniel. Here's the drawing board. Go back to it. Do you not think but, um, it's a different, you know, goal situation from, you know, when, uh, when Postacoglu was here in the first game at Ibrox to, to now? No, the situation hasn't changed at all. Kyogo is the best goal scorer at Celtic. Uh, he may not be on fire right now, but he's still the best goal scorer at Celtic Park. So to move him out of that position on a voluntary basis doesn't fly, Daniel. I feel like that logic is probably more important than that one failed day way, of way course, back. You know, course, like, so I, I, take, I do take Daniel's point in that things have changed and you've seen Kyogo do different things and there's different personnel in the building. But um, I, I, I'm not sure that's enough to make you agree with it. It's only a couple of weeks ago we're actually saying Celtic need to sign a striker in January to replace Kyogo when mm -hmm. he's not fit or not available because O's maybe not just done it at this moment in time. So if you're taking Kyogo out of the main role with the number nine, the main goal-getter, not just of Celtic but the top scorer in the league, 
and putting him in a position he's not going to be as effective, then you're also playing a guy who's not effective as him in that role. You're for me, you're diminishing two positions. Mm. You can't afford to do that when you're missing big players. You need to keep your main man at the number nine, the focal point of the team, and you need to find a solution to then replace the injured Maeda. Does this mean, Daniel, you don't have full faith in Yang or James Forrest or wherever Marco Tilio may be or whoever else could come in there? I think it's just a different option because like what my first my first option would be put Yang in and see how he does. But he is young, he's inexperienced. So maybe putting him in it'll we can take a minute to click, but again you can say they have the same argument between Kyogo on the wing and having no up front. But I think if you put Yang in and he performs there's no reason to take him out. But having Yang in and then if he doesn't maybe perform to the standards we need him to, why not try something different? Hmm. Can it be worth a, a level of perseverance? You know, say it is Yang Because it felt like there was a spell there For the first couple of weeks Where like Yang and Palma It was like half a game each Or a game each And as soon as Well he didn't play well then The other <clears> one would come in And you know Now so Palma clearly is going to have One of them nailed down He might have anyway Before this injury um, Is it maybe worth You know you pick a Yang And you, you kind of pers persist with a bit you know, Everyone keeps telling me that Oh you've got to give Yang time But you know <sighs> I mean do though It's just undeniable yeah, surely Yeah but Right the players, oh, sorry, the players also got a response. By the way, I'm getting a chance now. I got to go and take it. Totally. You know, well, I mean, I'm not going to get the point. Well, the point I'm making is, as an example, play Sunday. Don't set the world alight. Okay, is he back out and then someone else is in, and then that doesn't. I, I, I absolutely agree with you on, on that side. Yeah, I do yeah, because you can't just be judged on a half a game, sixty minutes of the game, or you, you do also again. So to contradict myself a little bit, you maybe need that game time. You maybe need to feel a little bit of love and a bit of confidence the fact that you know what I am going to get a run so I'm not feeling this pressure that I need to deliver in that 60 minutes that I'm going to have at this game or that half hour but you know what you're at a big club these could be the opportunities that you need to grasp with both hands and when like I've said it when players get injured there will be an opportunity there for someone whether it be Yang whether it be Forrest getting up or Mikey Johnson someone's going to have to go there and grab it and take it again the way like young McCausland's kind of done in, in the small time that he's had across the city but it's a uh, I, I I do get that but I think you need to when you get that opportunity that's your time now you, you've been at the club a while now it's your time to shine it, it might have to be by a process of elimination you know you can start off with Yang or Forrest or whoever you like and as you said Gordon there are a glut of games coming when the international break ends from then until Celtic play Rangers on the 30th of December a glut of games um, so they'll all get the chance no doubt but feel the love Feel the love. You need to, you need to feel it. A bit of confidence. He, um, gets, he gets his wages. That's a <laughs> ah, come on. You can either do it or he can't. Okay. Thank you to Daniel. I was like a creative solution. Paul, as a Celtic fan, that injury news to Dyson Maida, is it something that worries you or not? Hey, hi, Gordon. Hi, guys. Oh. Uh, what is me? Just really adds insult to injury, didn't it, from the other night. Uh, I don't think about for six weeks to start with. I think that uh, I think he'll be back before that and I think I don't agree with the last caller about putting Kego out in the wing I would no way would I do that I would go with Yang or Forrest uh, try to reshuffle the pack a bit but I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll go for the six weeks I think Brendan, in some ways that's the way you should deal with these things I know Brendan Rodgers said he'll be out for six weeks but I don't think he will be so therefore I'm not that concerned Paul about it. did Brendan show you the scan? Uh, no, I was at work today, got shoes, so I never managed to 
serious scan. He's no, a quick no, healer. He's so a quick on healer. what on what do you base your medical opinion then? I just don't think you. I don't think you'll be out for six weeks. That's Paul, the beauty of this is see, see when he returns after five weeks and two days. Make sure you phone in and remind Hugh Evans of this moment. Oh, right, okay. that's that is important. <laughs> um, I'm conscious we're a little bit pushed for time, and I know you had some other points to make, so take it away. Okay, right. Uh, my point is just after the kind of disappointment of the the, the game during the week. Uh, never been a fan of Atletico Madrid uh, because of kind of wrongs they've done Celtic in the past. But I heard Liam Scales today come out saying that uh, I was yesterday saying Celtic were a bit naive uh, in the way that we, we handled the game, things like that. Does he mean that we 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 should be doing what? I'm not talking about the fantastic players. But I'm talking about all the the cheating. The play acting, the in the referee's face, uh, which they were doing at Celtic Park as well, by the way. Uh, the physios involved, everybody is involved in doing whatever they can to win. But personally, I don't want Celtic to play like that, right? But you think that's what he means? Because the other night, it's just it's infuriating what they get away with. Uh, but, but that doesn't explain a six-nil defeat. I don't think no, Paul's no, saying that, but just as just, a more no, general point about the, the dark arts, as they call it, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> and what's what's the line? And, and you right. know what? They're the best in the business at it as well. Their manager was. Uh, it's been projected onto that team. They've got this kind of siege mentality where it's, it's, it's them against the world. They have done for a number of years. I think he's just signed a new contract as well. He's been at the club forever. Uh, they're just the masters of it. They kind of get together. They'll fight every decision. They will fight for every cause. Uh, and yes... The, as much as they're battlers, they will go down that little bit easily. They will take the, the the yellow cards and they will try and trick the referee into making these decisions. Again, he didn't need to be tricked the other night, but they are the absolute masters. If you want to call it the dark arts, the dark arts it is. You ha- happy with that? A little bit of cynicism. You like that stuff. When the, you, you like your football dark and dangerous. When the group was drawn, I said to you and to Kenny at the time, and Kenny laughed, I said that three words come to mind about Lazio, Feyenoord, and Athletic Madrid trouble trouble and trouble and that's how it's turned out and Celtic will finish the group with one point because they are ill-equipped for Champions League football and that's the beginning and the end of the story with the utmost respect what on earth has that got to do with Paul asking about dark arts <laughs> well I've tried to say to Paul the dark arts you know European football has produced the dark arts from time immemorial uh, and of course it's objectionable and of course it's infuriating is it that's Paul's question can you should you do it a bit more yourself are we are we too proud or what's the being a bit streetwise you know I think when you I think you need to be when you're playing against particularly the teams that are are doing that way again getting in the referees ear trying to influence things I mean again Paul's even saying the physios involved probably try to get involved into the line or, or to the fourth official you know it's just the, it's the environment that he creates it's that togetherness that's one for all for one and one for all that's just the way they operate so I mean you can learn from it does it need to be to those extremes probably not but you can definitely learn little things from it I hope we get some dark arts of our own on this because it's coming up next Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time. Let's see how dark Hugh Keevans can make his performance this evening. You've got until 7 o'clock to phone 01419511025 and it could be you who plays one of these two next. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans is here Kenny Miller is alongside him And you have still got an hour to get involved Maybe we're maturing Maybe we are developing here because how, could, how could I mature any further? We are one hour in And no one's taking the bait on Brendan Rodgers I would get rid of VAR <laughs> A whole it. hour I took it I took A whole hour Let's do it Let's dip our toe in just a second um, And maybe I'm naive here I'm showing my youthful naivety Because I, I do think this is not necessarily about Celtic and therefore whatever they say I disagree with because I'm not a Celtic fan it feels like there is a bit of a groundswell in world football if not to get rid of it to at least have a serious look at, at where it could be improved upon so we'll hear those comments from Brendan Rogers next what do you think? would you get rid of it? what would you do at this moment in time? give us a call right now and we'll play this first Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Right, it is Beat the Pundit time It's 3-1 to the Pundits this week So you've not got that same pressure of rescuing or winning the week Simon Donnelly, shame on you The only Pundit to lose And it was on a tiebreaker as well Marcus is in Greenock How are you Marcus? Very well, thank you all the better for your team's upturn under the new manager, I would imagine. Absolutely, yeah, feeling much better. How does this work as a Rangers fan? Does it mean like you want to play Kenny because you want to be like his pal, or you'd rather humiliate Hugh Evans? How does this work? No, I'd rather play Kenny. Okay, fair enough. Heads, it will be Hugh. Tails, you will get your wish. Oh, I've dropped the coin. I'm having a disaster. Oh, come on. It's because we've downgraded to the smaller come 20 on, pence in this cost of living crisis. It's heads, I'm <laughs> afraid. You've not got your wish, Marcus. It's Hugh. Uh, however, Kenny's got 100% record this season, and Hugh uh, doesn't. So you've <laughs> you've got more of a chance ah, right, okay. of winning, I quite frankly. Well, I hadn't looked at the statistics. So. Well, who would, apart from us, sad acts in here, I quite know. frankly? Um, 55%, if you care. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, of course. Above average. It's a good form, you're in good form here. 55% for me is a resounding success. And it does include a 10 out of 10. So yeah. yeah I, I think that puts more pressure on me to be fair. Well, we'll find out. Let's give Kenny some greatest hits radio to listen to. Turn it up nice and loud, please, so he can't hear us. And I know you've not played before, Marcus, but it's very straightforward. 30 seconds, answer as many as you can, and pass if you don't know the answer, okay? Yep. Right, 30 seconds then starts now. Which Scottish club are known as the Red Lichties? Sorry, Which Scottish club are known as the Red Lichties? Don't know. Hibbs signed Frank Sozzi from which French club? Marseille. What was the name of St Mirren's old stadium? Love Street. Robbie Nielsen's the new manager of which American side? No idea. Francis Jeffers played for Rangers in which other Scottish club? <laughs> Hibbs. In what year did Aberdeen last win the Scottish League Cup? 1992. Two. Right, and apart, I'll give you one more if the line did break up I take you in good faith Apart from Partick Thistle What other SPFL team of Thistle in their name? Quick Apart from Partick Thistle oh, I'm not giving you that long Marcus Hurry oh, up Sorry oh, Sorry, no, no, sorry. <laughs> Let's bring Hugh Keevans back I'm really sorry Oh, no. Hugh Keevans, can you hear us? I can See, Marcus sounds like an honest man But he was saying his line was breaking up And he couldn't hear us But that's what I would say There was some of the dark arts well. going on there That uh, was definitely an extra six or seven seconds that's On why. that He well, said he was breaking up He said he couldn't hear the answers So I ended up giving him 15 questions Oh, no, what? <laughs> I've only got 10 here Anyway, are you ready? As I will ever be Okay, let's go Which Scottish club are known as the Red Lichties? A broth Hibs signed Frank Sozzi from which French club? Um... 
Leo. What was the name of St Mirren's old stadium? Love Street. Robbie Nielsen is the new manager of which American side? Tampa Bay Rowdies. Francis Jeffers played for Rangers in which other Scottish club? Oh, pass. In what year did Aberdeen last win the Scottish League Cup? Uh, 2014. Out with Partick, what other SPFL team have Thistle in their name? Cali Thistle. Okay, okay. Marcus, what are we thinking? Um, aye. I think I he's got it there. <laughs> mm, On the Cali Thistle line, and I didn't even hear that full question oh, again. Ah, uh, give us peace. Right, I'll, get, I'll <laughs> give you it. We'll see how you get on. Uh, the Red Lickies are our broth 1 0 Hugh Keevans. Frank Sozzi, Marcus said Marseille, which is exactly. I would have. I would have gone two-footed for Marseille because I know he played him, but it was Montpellier. Oh. There you go, learn something new every day. St Mirren's Old Stadium, Love Street, first ground I ever went to for Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You'll sleep well tonight with that information. 2-1 <laughs> to Hugh Keevans. The Tampa Bay Rowdies. Good move that, isn't it? Oh, terrific. So you think, where my next managerial job be? Tampa, Florida, that sounds all right. Brilliant location. I'm not sure about the level. Ah, see, that's that's know. the difference between you and I. I care less. Do you know what I mean? Who Tampa? cares what the football's exactly. like? Who cares? Anyway, um, three-one Hugh Keevans, Francis Jeffers, Rangers, and Johnson. Motherwell. Motherwell. Oh, fox in the box. Three-one. Still Hugh Keevans. Aberdeen last won it, twenty fourteen. So Hugh Keevans stretches his lead there. And it was Inverness, Caledonian Thistle. So, I mean, Marcus, I gave you extra time. I started giving you extra points for questions that I don't even think you answered, but it still <laughs> wasn't enough. And we, I think we have to agree. Can we shake hands and agree that he beat you fair and square? Ah, yeah, I'll take that one. Top nice man, job. Marcus. Thank you for sharing your time with us tonight. All the best. Well, thank you. Thank, right, you, thank you, Marcus. There we are. It's a phone reception in Greenock. Terrible. Big midweek for us, you know, Brighton beating Ajax last night. Mm-hmm. So it's been a big week. And you had your charity do last night. How was it? Magnificent. I know you always like give it a wee mention. Yep. Uh, and I thank everyone who attended, and uh, I thank uh, Neil Lennon and Davy McKinnon who came along. Uh, we were in sparkling form. It was a wonderful night, and the the money raised was just terrific. And believe me, we'll go to an extremely worthwhile cause for two young children. Okay, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need. And you can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. I mean, we did dangle it out there a few minutes ago and still no one. I don't know if it's oh. like Friday night. It's like, don't argue about VAR. I'll do over that the rest of the we're over it. We're over it. But we're not over it, nah, are we? Not, at all. not even remotely over it. Uh, let's hear from Brendan Rogers and you can tell us uh, what you think. He's been speaking today on that much loved subject. Uh, and he says if it was up to him, he'd get rid of VAR. He says once it starts spoiling matches, that's when it needs to be looked at. No, listen, if you ask me right now, I would get rid of it. Would you? Absolutely. But if there's money being invested in it for the greater good of the game that is supposedly to make it better, then you have to give that every chance. But if you're asking me now, I'd go back to just pure football. And we know that where there's humans involved, you will have mistakes. We'll all make mistakes. But I'd rather accept that than... uh, than what we see at the moment. So I think there's probably a lot of it is, is good, but the bad in it is very bad. And that's something that would have to be looked at, whether it's whether it's worth it or not. Everything always deserves a chance. But if it's spoiling the uh, the game, that's when we would have to look at it for sure. I don't think... Let, let's, let's treat this conversation at its very 
simplest level let's not worry about whether you can get rid of it or whether other countries have got it or not just as a sort of general desire point of view would you agree or disagree with that I firmly agree with Brendan Rodgers. We're talking about a 50-year-old man here who's a serious football coach. Uh, it's not some player who's been uh, done out of a goal by calibrated lines and uh, decides to have his say. Uh, this is a serious man and he thinks it's bad for the game. Uh, I just think that we're down a hopeless road now where there's some sort of 21st century need for calibrated lines and all of the other things that go on. I think it spoils the game as a spectacle for supporters, uh, spoils it for serious professionals like Brendan Rodgers. And it's Brendan Rodgers saying it this week, it'll be someone mm. else next week. I think that's the important part, Kenny. Stephen Robinson did say it today, actually, you know, or, or certainly floated the idea. And, you know, of course, look, this is Glasgow. There'll be a cynical and I can hear it saying, oh, Brendan, is that right? Well, you never said it when... X decision went in your favour or whatever and you're saying it this week because you don't agree with Maida's sending off but it does it does it not feel like there is a bit of a bigger picture forming here if you look down south I feel like you switch on any Champions League game you know for a while we almost comforted ourselves by saying ah it's just our refs are not very good or it's teething problems but I feel like every, every league it doesn't matter how long it's been in use for it just feels like it's at least approaching a breaking point for a lot of people yeah, because I think it has got, I guess, at a breaking point. I think there's so much that's uh, been potentially wrong over the last few weeks that it, it seems to be coming to a head. Uh, I've never been a fan, you know that. I, I'm quite, I think the referees are making mistakes now. The, the Vardisons are, are wrong uh, on some occasions. I'm quite happy for the referees, again, like Brendan, to make mistakes and, and we move on. You know, we don't have the big long delays. We don't have it go to a, 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 a video assistant referee and I'm still getting the, the wrong conclusion. Again, completely opposite for the, maybe the 50,000 that are there or the 20,000 that are there in the stadium. So I think there is a, there's got to be discussion surrounding it. Can it improve? Is, is it just on a, on a road to nowhere? I do think goal line technology, and I know as Hughes mm. kept talking about the calibrated lines, for me, offside still offside. We don't want, again, particularly with the goal line technology, we don't want to see goals given or not or goals not yeah. being given like what I've seen in the past. So I still think there's a wee bit the technology could be in, but in relation to every situation and these stills that they're getting put out there for these red cards, they're, they're killing me, absolutely killing me because it's football. You're allowed to tackle. Not every missed time tackle is a red card. Not every stall that shows a foot against an ankle is a really bad uh, intention tackle. You're allowed to tackle and you know what? Football players are also allowed to get kicked. It's part of the game. So not what we've seen this week is decisions go uh, on these still images, which is absolutely outrageous. See, I think it also contravenes the spirit of the game now. Martin Boyle, Hibbs, against Aberdeen, goal disallowed. Right there, wrongly, in your opinion. Is it offside one? Yeah. Well, well he's offside. It's offside, though. You sure? Well, by the way, as sure, sure as you can be, though... What, what would what would the alternative view on that be based on? I'm going to bring the Glasgow cynical view to it in this that he looked he looked onside. Yeah, you know, but yeah, the that's... lines go down. But then you're questioning the draw of the lines. Well, they don't, you know, they don't like, draw the lines. Or, they, or do the, 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 they do the need to identify the, lines. the furthest point, and then the the lines, as you say, calibrated. And I, straight, I think but... when you get into the three four minutes, I'm thinking to myself, are they mm. desperately trying to think of a way to disallow yeah, this goal? Listen, I I think, but I do think an increased sort of understanding or at least an acceptance that 
once you've decided then that you're going to have it for offside, you still need to then do that right. And the, the delays are not ideal. Everybody hates it, I think, clearly. But you're also then checking what's happening in the attacking phase of play. And but you're not now, though. But now different. you're not. Now you're not checking you that. You're not looking for that free kick in the attacking. You're looking for the offside. That's it. Yeah, but what I mean is it's not You're always... You're looking for that wee handball that touched the fingernail and the builder. Yeah, but You're looking at offside. What I'm saying is there's a reason that some just take a bit longer than others. And I, I don't like it either. I'm not, not saying yeah. I do, but if you're going to commit to it one way or the other, this is the point. People think that we can... Um, we'll just kind of have it and we'll just we'll just kind of use it here and we'll use a wee bit of common sense. Well, that, that's not going to work, is it? You know, if you're going to commit to doing it for offsides, you I need don't. to accept that there are going to be some, some scenarios that it, that it does take it, a bit longer. It's with us forever. <laughs> regrettably uh, because as I say there's a, a 21st century need for forensic examination of everything uh, so it's destroying the game it will put people off going mm. to football eventually but we're stuck with it because people like we daft lines and on we go Willie is on the line what do you think Willie on this? Hello Hello Oh, how are you doing? Would you uh, get rid of it? Would you pull the plug uh, if you could, a Willie? A million, million percent, man. It's destroying the game of football. It's like it's like a computer game. I'll give away my season ticket, my boys, because yeah, it's horrendous. Going, I'm going watching. Nah, I'm going watching. I'm going watching rocks now. Instead, I got the game. Honestly, I hate it. Totally hate it. Mm. There's so it's many, like, so many levels to it, I suppose, Willie. So you, you know, in stadium, what is that? Because you feel like you don't really know what's going on and it's taking too long. You're sitting in the stadium, you're waiting like five minutes for a decision to get made, and it's just a link getting drew. I mean, look at that decision against that Celtic up at Ross County with my either. That was never offside. Never looked to be there. Like, even if they're sitting the cameras for the, to make the lines up, you know what I mean? It's this, this is the only bit, right? And this is... I still feel like it needs to be understood a little bit more. Willie saying, that was never offside. <laughs> see, if, see if that's the case. Where is he? But based, <laughs> but, <laughs> but based on what? Based on what, though? I've seen a drunk man draw better lines than that. But they don't even draw the lines. That's the point. They don't draw them. Exactly. That's my point. Exactly. That's my point. No. What do you mean? You're doing it with a computer. Mm-hmm. You know, old drunk man coming out of the pub can draw a better lines than that. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> to be fair, when Willie puts it like that, I, I, I can't really um, argue with his drunk man theory. I'll, I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where I can come in on it. Right. The identifying of the furthest yeah. body point. Right. And then it go, it, sometimes it looks off. Sure. You know, it does. It doesn't look great, you know. So I know they don't, they move the lines up and it comes to the point and then the... the right, I get it, right? They're no drawing the lines But, what right. I mean is, right, but it I'm, does I'm, look a bit suspect. Some, fine, sus, and that's fine, right, word, right, You'll never but, get that but out. But offside's offside. You'll never it. get that out yeah. of people's mindset and I wouldn't yeah. try to. I don't really care. But I think what we need to remove from our heads is this notion of, well, it looked off or it looked on because yeah. guess what? See, see if it was as simple as that. We wouldn't have var, would we? We would just pause the telly and we would just ask Willie or we would just ask you, what does that look like? We, that, seen, that, that's what, what we would it. do. You know, I you wouldn't have the technology, Willie. Yeah, that's what it's saying. You look guilty. You might be guilty. You're here or you're Do you know what I mean? It's either or not. It's going to be a 100% correct decision. Yeah, I know, but that's the bit that the technology is supposed to ensure because otherwise we would just ask you, Willie, we would just pause the telly and say, do you think that looks off? That <laughs> no, doesn't seem like a very sustainable practice. You see, even when like, they're spoiling the game, see, even Rangers and Hearts corner, I tug one a football tap and the two, two players are going up for a header. Come on, there's got to be some sort of contact. A contact sport. 
Yeah, look, I, I think that's inevitable because we we'll do we do that on a Monday. You can go through oh that decision and that decision. Oh, that one went for you and that right. one went against you. Look, that's right. that's that's par for the course. But I think you know, kind of overall, is that where the concern is about? What you know, what what, what material impact is it having in the game rather than oh my team was wrong on that occasion? Material impact is it starting to bore the people who pay money to go and watch it. Yeah, uh, well, he's which, telling you he's given yeah, up his season, which is a, a a long term danger. Uh, but the world evolves. Uh, we created the monster, and we created it because we said that VAR will end all mistakes being made. And that's the polar opposite of what has taken place. Um, we love now to get back to the days when the referee was a balloon and, uh, you know, the, the, mm. it'll maybe your luck will be better next week. Now we've got the yeah. monster and the monster's eating you alive. And do we all take responsibility for a little bit of that? I don't, I don't know about you, but I, well, I never thought it would fix everything. I always knew you would still I don't arguments. think we were Prepared for this level um, of disagreement, though. Yeah, no, maybe not because it's this is a kind of fear of the unknown. But if you if you went into this thinking it was going to fix everything, maybe that's your fault as well. I, I, I just think that the, the fans uh, and by the pundits included were looking at thinking that there's certain things when you look back on it that second, third, fourth time, mm -hmm. you're going to so get it obvious, right. Yeah. You know, you're going to get it right. That's not been the case. It's just not. I mean, we've not even talked about the handball scenario yet. Yeah, you're talking about the rule and you're talking about the word of the rules. It's just there's so much wrong with, with, with the decisions that are getting made with the subjective nature of mm. most of the situations, I, by the way. It's not the, the black and white mm. offside or goals. It's the subjective nature. It's still, we're still getting the same things wrong. Uh, right, to keep your calls coming, I think we've lit the... We've lit the fuse. I can see the phone lines going quite nicely there. So uh, 01419511025, Twitter as well. And I think this is important. Again, balance and maybe a bit of sort of calm thought on it. Craig says VAR's got, still got more pros than cons. It's got more correct decisions than could ever have been made by the human eye of the officials. Maybe worth bearing uh, that in mind. Before we go any further, let me just remind you, if you head over to Clyde1.com, fire up your smartphone, your lap, not you, Hugh Keevans, um, we've got a range of presents to hand out just in time uh, for Christmas with our online competition, Presents Under the Tree. You can win an exclusive 13-person Grand Prix VR experience at VR Simulators in Glasgow City Centre. You can't drive either. This is totally wasted on you, but you could go to that. That's the perfect, that's the perfect place for you. Drive, crash into whatever you like, test it out. Tell you what, 74th birthday, you and me, VR simulators in Glasgow. Are you mad? Yes. Um, it's the ultimate 5D racing experience. Full motion seats. I'm not tempted you yet. I'll stick with Angela Rippon and Strictly come dancing. At wind generation, which I thought just happened when you ate your beans before you came in here <laughs> at the show, but it means something different in VR simulators. Uh, over 185 cars, 100 tracks to choose from. It's a great day out with the family. Stag do's, hen do's, party nights, all the rest of it. So check out Clyde1.com for more, and we'll take more of your calls next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at ClydeSSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here. It's 0141-951-1025. It's Twitter at Clyde SSB. I'm getting your thoughts uh, on VAR for the 500th time <laughs> already and counting. Um, I've just been handed 
a teaser for you two. Um, well, I say just been handed. It's been here all night, but it's the first time I've bothered my backside to look at it. My apologies. Um, it is. Ex- I think this is extraordinarily hard. Oh so dear. I'm going to really, really cut down. Why are they getting the so number, hard? These the number days, of Bradley? answers, right? Because I, and then we'll see how we go. Because then we can always open it up. But if I was to try and give you all ten here, I think games a bogey. So thanks to Kevin Godfrey for your imagination on the teaser. Let's get the questions set up. The full time teaser with sliding wardrobe solutions East Kilbride. Slad wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Right, Kevin was looking for the last five from each team. Let's go the last two from each team and just see how we get on, right? Can you name the last two players from Celtic and the last two players from Rangers to score in an old firm game? That bit's easy. <laughs> this is ridiculous But their first name And their surname End with the same letter I was I had to read the question Quite a few times To make sure Sorry, sorry Wait a minute <laughs> I know I know First name and last name End Alright okay Right Jermaine Defoe I no? don't think you're getting this question No I'm not Yeah, yeah that, that would That would First name Jermaine ends in E yeah. Last name Defoe ends in E that it might work. not be the last one That would work for me Do you know what's disturbing about it Is he's not He's not on this list But it has to be Because the guy's after, oh, Come on Kevin What have you done to me What have we, what have we done here Read that out again First name and surname End with the same letter Jermaine and Defoe End in an E So I think you're getting The question wrong here You're less We've all just got it wrong That works for me no Brilliant Thanks Kevin for yeah. sending A really complex <laughs> question Then leaving that Most obvious recent But I'm giving you that Because he did score one Didn't he Well we saw Scotty Arfield Over that and he Oh, no, you're no, even describing no, no, the goal he over, no, he did score one. He definitely scored oh, one. That was the that goal. It was Arfield scored that sure? one. Did he maybe never scored an old one? We've actually got a couple of guests in the studio tonight. Right, and as soon as I read that question, one of them was waving at me, going, <laughs> So he's you're in the same wavelength uh, anyway. I think he did anyway. So there we go. We'll see. Uh, right, we'll get there. We'll right. get there. Okay, we'll kind of get there. We think we'll do a, a stewards inquiry on that one. But I yeah. think you might be right. Uh, let's bring in Peter, who's on the line. How's it going, Peter? How are thanks? What are you thinking tonight then? Just uh, on the VAR, obviously. Uh, it's getting to the point of absolutely ridiculous as we all kind of get that gist of it. But looking, you look at rugby, right? They can make decisions instantly. There's none of this seven, eight, ten minutes waiting on decisions. You've got a panel of professional referees who make a decision. They don't have to call in the referee on the pitch to look at it. And it's done instantly. Uh, on the other point as well, I think on the football side of things we've got three professional referees sitting behind a monitor they can easily look at it make a decision pass it on mm. again for the freezing side of things I don't think we should do still uh, pictures at all they should be shown in real time to the professionals and make a decision just as this bit's live football and do away with all the nonsense You've been in rugby we've got 30 guys piling on top of a ball and we can make a decision instantly you know what I mean, and, and we just can't do it on the football side of things. Just, I think it's just yeah. ridiculous. Just, yeah. quick, just very quickly, some sensational stuff that I really should have spotted. That everyone's just tweeting me so many tweets that Jermaine doesn't have an end, an e at the end of his name. Exactly, so yeah, that you. was my there point. We go. I, 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 no, he doesn't. Thanks, there we go. Yes. Come on now. Anyway, uh, Hugh, Hugh, I'm always. <laughs> I've not got honestly like no, dozens, by dozens of tweets about this. That's madness. I just took Kerry Miller's word for it. I blame him. I can't spell obviously. Um, <laughs> by the way, Jermaine Parent does. Right. What relevance does that have to this conversation? Uh, right. Anyway, back to VAR. Um, 
I'm always a, I'm, I'm always just a touch hesitant on the comparisons to rugby because they're, they're very different sports. Like you know, yeah. rug, rugby does stop more often than than football does, and some maybe that that lends itself to it in certain ways that that football won't. Um, Peter says there's three extra, there's three referees sitting behind the screen. Don't mean to get pedantic, but it's it's a, a VAR, an assistant VAR, and a replay operator. Just just so that we're we're accurate. Um, but but this is the problem. Once you decide you're going to do it, because Peter saying you just just make it quicker, just look and you know and just 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 do it. Uh-huh. But once you've decided you're going to do it, and once your rules are in place, you know, let's forget about offsides from five minutes ago. But you, you do need to go back to the attacking phase of play. If you're going to say something's a penalty, say right, fine, okay, I think that's a penalty. But, but was there an offence in the lead up? So it's all well and good saying just just look and just make a, an instant decision. But I think in reality, that's maybe harder. One of the many managers now uh, against VAR is Ange Postecoglou, who said that we had that, that unbelievable game with uh, Chelsea the other night. Um, his big criticism is that games are now being refereed not in the stadium in which they are being played but they're being refereed by someone miles away in a studio and it's just one of the unacceptable facets of VAR mm, yeah I mean you take Peter's point I think that that is the, the, the frustration is the delay but I've yet to hear like a proper good quick fix for that Kenny because <clears throat> if you're going to Get it right, you need to get it right. Yep. We've seen the biggest, highest profile example of VAR gone wrong. We all convince ourselves it's something our team's been done by, but is, is the one between Spurs and Liverpool. Yep. The, that, that is catastrophic. Yep. Maybe it wouldn't have happened if they weren't under so much pressure to do it quicker. Maybe so, not. So yeah. the, the, this, is the, this is the thing we would all like it speeded up, but if, you, if you're going to decide that you're going to do it right, where's the balance? You know, you've seen the the counter arguments to both over the last kind of in the last month for sure that things need to be quicker. You can't be having these four or five minute delays again. There was one just last week that was really really long, but you need to get it right. You know, and I think referees now again VAR has put them in a mm-hmm. position where they are under severe pressure with everything that's went on to make sure the communication's right. Again, the wording of it's right. The signalling of the decisions is right. They're under so much pressure, so they need, they're probably double-checking, triple-checking their decisions to make sure that it is. They're probably, again, double-checking the, the language that's been used and the command that they're actually giving to the referee that the right decision is going to be awarded and not the wrong one like it was in that high-profile So they're under so much pressure. I'm with the rest of the guys. Just get, let's just get rid of it. Here's the thing. Before... Before VAR came in, I used to always say to people, do not tweet me a still image of a tackle. Just don't, to make your point. I hate it, right? And Peter's saying that, you know, that it shouldn't be looked at. I, I, I would imagine if we had a ref and phone in, if you're listening, whoever, uh, referees are out there, they would say, though, that they need to see the point of contact. And that's not necessarily just a tackle. Just a, you know, a handball, for instance. What's one that would... Um, that's Ryan Strain against Saint, uh, against Rangers a couple of weeks ago. Remember that? Everyone agreed. So that's why I've picked that one. Nobody's in any doubt. That was a handball, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, the cross yeah. came across. But they still need to kind of stop it at that point, make sure, did it hit his hand? And the only way to establish that is to, to pause it and show you the still image. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm still not sure on that because I think we've seen one where it was camera was coming across the whole box and the ball's placed in front of someone's arm. By the way, I wasn't. I didn't know mm. that hit the player's arm. It maybe looked like it yeah. was, but there could have been distance by. So that, again, I just think the still. We're talking red cards here. 
We're talking yellows getting upgraded to reds that are based on that still and that point of contact. And I'll go back to it. I just think that you're allowed to miss. He's a player. You're allowed. So, for instance, the Celtic Ross County one. James Brown's allowed to try and tackle that. And by the way, you know what Yang's also allowed to do? To nick in there first with the toe and just dip it. And where the ball was, his ankle is now. And that's where the contact is. Is it a red card? And you know what there might be a million people think it is? I don't think it is. I think it's really, really I'm hard. I'm surprised you've missed time tackle. I feel there was more debatable ones recently. Well, there is. There, Mar- Marcus Rashford. Once you catch him night. so high, it, it definitely yeah. ticks that endangering is an opponent high? box. The ankle is the, on the ankle. Is it? Is that high? I feel like James Brown's was pretty high. Uh, I'm not no, sure. You? I'm not sure. Well, for me, Brown was a certain red card. I'm not sure. I said it at the time, um, but you know, this level of debate, argument, disagreement, you know. The, the game of football wasn't meant to be like this. And it will gradually, but definitely, drive people away from the game because they'll just get fed up with it all. Mm. And already maybe has, you. We've had a caller on saying he's not even covering his season ticket any longer. Yeah. You know, um, what are you thinking, Peter? You know, so is it for the bin completely or you're still confident yeah, a couple of tweaks? No, I think it's getting to the point that it should be binned as well, but... Uh, just going back to the point of officials watching it on a monitor if you've got three officials watching it surely they made a unanimous, unanimous decision it's done and dusted there's no need for the referee to run over make his decision and change the decision that they're maybe looking at it should just be if the three guys two say aye two say no end of I don't know whether they're subconsciously or otherwise but I think the standard of refereeing has slipped because yeah, of it yeah. because what, of everywhere that? Yeah, right. everywhere. I, I just see decisions now, or not decisions, I see things that, that go on I think, how can you not possibly mm. have spotted that? Here's the only thing, Kenny, about Peter's democracy that he wants to, to roll in, though. We, we, we can't have it always. Everybody, Everyone says the one thing that we can't do and we need to try and get away from is you know, re-refereeing the game and the ref needs to have the final say. Now, I get why we're all cynical and think, well, actually, I don't know if that does happen because, or, or, or what kind of leads to that happening? Because if you're called over to the monitor, you're probably going to you know, reverse your decision. <clears throat> but if that's our, if that's the bedrock of it, that you know, we need to at least try and keep it close to the referee's final decision, we can't have, we can't have the, three, the two VAR officials and the replay operator voting on it. That, that, yeah. that's, that's not the solution, surely. No, uh, no, it's definitely not. I mean, re-refereeing the game, it's, that's exactly what it is doing. You know, like I get, the clear and obvious phrase that was used, there's certain things that are, they're not clear and obvious because we're debating them. Well, that but, phrase is what's killed it from day one, isn't no, it? Because what it, you it think has. is clear and obvious, I don't. Absolutely, because again, it's just a subjective thing. In terms of a voting scenario, you've got three guys all sitting and you've got to think that they're going to come to a a similar conclusion and by the way one's a replay operator don't yeah. involve that poor guy who's yeah. employed by Hawkeye to work the technology that's the job for you I think imagine it imagine the chaos that would ensue <laughs> if you were pressing the buttons uh, Ryan Clark Kent says refereeing in a VAR room miles away real time is still a far better solution than re-refereeing retrospectively via a compliance officer but th- that's not it's not exactly the same thing because that's only going to come in for you know like violent conduct or, or you know really terrible tackles you know you're not getting a retrospective penalty three weeks later from a compliance officer. So it's not it's not one or the other necessarily in that regard. What about Chris on the line? Chris, what's your take on it? Yeah, hi there, guys. How are you tonight? Good. You? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. good uh, I'm just just basically calling up in regards to I've, I've seen people moaning the last couple of days about the the Maeda, the the star image and the still tackle and stuff like that. The the because the image was a star image and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but basically, my point is, it was a star image of the tackle. It wasn't photoshopped. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was the tackle. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. But look, and let, I'm going to try something here. It'll never work. Forget about Maeda for a second, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I I don't really mind now, and I'm trying to make it a bigger picture. Any still image surely loses context, though, of what it is. Well, it was a still image of the tackle, but it's not a still image of I know a, that, Chris, a, a right? Tackle. But to, to state the obvious, right? If I go over, if I wheel my chair over to Hugh Keevans and I very gently, very, very gently place the sole of my foot, the studs if I had them on, on his shin, and I take a picture of it, you have no idea whether I've smashed his shin with force yeah. or whether I've just placed it there like yeah, I have done. I, I, I under, understand that, I understand that, but I think I still think my Yeda's foot was high. I think it was a 50 50 if it was a red or not. Mm. A lot of people saying it was definitely not a red, but no, I think it was a 50 50 if it was a red or not. But the callers are proving your point that this inevitably comes back to things that happened to Celtic and Rangers. Instead of examining the bigger picture here, I, I understand that the point you made earlier that inevitably there has to come a point where you freeze the frame. Uh, and that's not to say that they've taken the decision mm. on that. Maybe you don't, image. maybe you don't for tackles. I'd understand that. And Kenny, you're, if you want to debate this one incident that we can do, because I get that it's been the week's big talking point, but they're saying it down south. You look at some of the chaos, Stephen Robinson's saying it. But if you're talking about one incident, you disagree with Chris. You think Maeda's was a yellow and yep. you move on. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's another still image. Marcus Rashford last night, again, once you understand what he's doing, it's again, so we're taking it away from the, the Rangers-Celtic thing in our game. It's, he's tried to block off, he's planting the leg. Again, he catches the player. Is that a red card? Probably not. Not for me. Uh, I like Craig's take on it because it's just very abstract. Not to be rude, but with the amount of money players are paid, I'd hope they have a bigger influence on teams winning football, not a subjective decision made by the ref. Sort of get that, but then yeah. at the same time. But unfortunately, there's a ref on the pitch as well that has can to make have a decision and, with and, another and, ref in his ear. And that's my point, uh, Kenny, that too many referees now are getting away with it because subconsciously they're thinking, well, I'll, I'll be bailed out by the people along the road. But the, the things that they miss... The perfectly obvious mm. things that they miss now, I, I, I think it either the standard has plummeted or they are subconsciously thinking, I've got the default position, I've got the guys back in the, the studio. I suppose on one hand it can be good to have, did you see the penalty Aberdeen got given against them last night? It, luckily oh. it was overturned, we were delighted VAR was there because it was ludicrous. Um, anyway... Uh, let's knock that in the head for now. Some good thoughts coming in. And thank you to all the people on Twitter who've inevitably just spammed the timeline arguing about Celtic and Rangers. We we try sometimes to look bigger picture, but we know what our bread and butter is here. Correct. Uh, on, like, on Super I'm scoreboard. laughing at what you said earlier because, you know, I've told you the story. At home, we have a microwave where my wife put a post-it on it to say press start and don't touch anything else. And that sounds about right for you, I must say. I'm a bar operator. Uh, not as many people, there's a close run thing though on Twitter, how many people are tweeting about that and how many have told me that Jermaine does not have an E at the end. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ricky yeah. and 500 others. We've got it now, we think. So it's the last two players, that's it, from each Celtic and Rangers uh, whose first name and surname end with the same letter they've scored <clears> in an old firm game. Nacho Novo. He's like third on the list. Lee Wallace. Yes, okay, Lee Wallace, Ooh. good, right. Chris Commons. Yes. Better this than I thought. Wow. John Hartson. 
Further down the list Third on Celtic's yeah. list yeah, We'll go to the first three So Cole Nacho and John Hartson Correct then yeah so uh, <laughs> If you say so You've now made the question harder Okay yeah. uh, Right we'll get the rest of the answers And more of your calls If we can next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here. I think could extend this show to about midnight. Look at all the tweets that are coming in um, about VAR. Coop number 11 says, It's Clyde SSB and Gordon Duncan who don't understand the rules again. It is of no consequence whether a player is tapped Feathered or smashed with studs up The rules state if endangering an opponent Or serious foul play You are off That's it There is no nuance So if you're tapped or feathered You're <laughs> endangered I, 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 Coop's rule book sounds Different to mine So if I tap you on the shin You're endangered Has he misspelt? Does he mean tarred and feathered? I don't, I don't know I don't know It is that time of year you Ready to watch Home Alone soon? Got to be, yeah. honestly. That's always the first one that goes always on, isn't it? Ready, yeah. Got to be. Anyway, um, right. How are you doing on this teaser? It's just kind of grown arms and legs. I tried to make it only four right. answers for you, just so that it was easier. But you've actually surprised me. Thanks. <laughs> um, you're 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 blowing through this. So we're looking for the last, however many you want, on each team, Rangers or Celtic players, to score in an old firm game, but their first name and their surname end with the same letter. You've given me Chris Commons. Lee Wallace, Nacho Novo. Greece is the word. Georgios Samaras. Well done, Kenny. Yeah, we've done John Hartson because so we've thrown him back in yeah. as well. I think there's one again, I so, don't think he is. So Barry McKay, he's, he's an IE. The problem is, so Kevin, Nacho Kevin, who sent, in Kevin sent the question in and he's put Barry McKay, but he's yeah. IE for Barry, so he does not count. Dado Purcell. Brilliant. Okay. So, yeah. I don't even know how many we're looking for. We'll just see what you can come up <laughs> we've with. We've done it. We've the done end. it. There we go. Uh, we'll see how many you can come up with uh, between now and the end of the show um, these weeks are great because there's so much going on with Europe but then you just throw something sort of random and bigger like VAR into the mix um, and it means that it's 10 to 8 on a Friday night and we've not really discussed um, the games this weekend it's going to be a fascinating weekend isn't it? Yeah, great um, Motherwell Hearts uh, immediately uh, strikes me as being a very good game Motherwell I thought were in deep, deep trouble when Avril's uncle was two up during the week uh, and I could see all the stats one point out of 24 for Stuart Kettlewell etc etc but they came back remarkably well and they're playing a Hearts team who you know they're just underperforming and they've got some real tough games coming up St Stephen Naismith is on a negative roll and I don't think he'll welcome for part tomorrow and I think both need a win. Both right and yep. uh, need a win. Obviously, St Johnston again after throwing that away at home to Ross County, a team that are just above them. It's a chance for them to go win. St Mirren again digging out, keeping this wonderful start of the season against the Hibs team through the week. So they're away to Dundee. A Dundee team are doing well as well at this moment. And Hibs Kilmarnock, you know, there's, there's a lot at stake with these games tomorrow. A mm. lot at stake. They're so much tight from even St Johnston getting that win. It's so tight in that kind of it's bottom only, eight, you, bottom nine teams. You played for the club, Kenny. It's only a matter of time before the first Hib supporter says, wait a minute. What are we actually doing here? This guy keeps drawing games but never wins any. So I think Hibs against Kilmarnock is very important for Nick Montgomery. See, on, on Motherwell Hearts, because we kind of debated earlier in the week, you know, we always say pressure. 
you know, what does what does that mean? How much of it? And does that actually mean a manager's job is under threat? That's how most people sort of link it. Um, but someone like Stuart Kettlewell, so much goodwill in the bank, a long period of good stuff followed oh. by a shorter period of of bad stuff gets the draw the other night. Um, and then again, Stephen Naismith, I don't know, he's maybe not got the same amount of goodwill. No. Previously, I don't know if the Hearts, I don't know if as many Hearts fans would defend Stephen Naismith as the number of Motherwell fans that would defend Stuart Kettlewell. Right. Does Stephen Naismith need a result more in that one? The Hearts supporters, and they are entitled to do so, think of themselves as the, the third biggest club in the country. And, uh, you know, also, the amount of money that these Hearts supporters pay to have Hearts running on a weekly basis, and they expect and are due better than they are getting. And that's why goodwill in the bank amounts to nothing in football because they'll close your account down if they don't like what's happening. Um, see, this is the problem because these these sound bites sound so great and they're so dramatic and poetic, but it has to count for something. Obviously, you have to take a body of work into account, surely, and see how long. But he doesn't have one though. Who? Steve yeah, he's talking about Stuart Kettlewell, absolutely. When you look at the big sample size he's got since he came in, I don't know what he'll be mm -hmm. at now. What is he, 12 games into this season? What was it, about 14 last year? About 25, 26 games. His body works good. But let me tell you, in football, in this day and age, and I really like the work that Stuart Kettlewell's done, and I like the way his team's played, even in defeat. I think St Mirren, Rangers, Celtic, there were some decent positive performances in there. But when you go eight games without a win, you are going to be under a, a bit of pressure to win and turn the corner quickly so and he'll know that um, yeah it's a big day tomorrow for sure we've got those four premiership games and then our very own Super Sunday we don't get it too often yeah. um, we used to when they were both in the Europa League but Livy Rangers uh, live on TV followed by Celtic Aberdeen highly intriguing as I say for me you know Rangers will beat Livingston Rangers are on a roll and there's tremendous confidence there. And Livy are the exact opposite. They just keep losing now. I did Brian Rice to the coaching staff yeah, last night. Yeah, a good man. A good man, but, uh, you know, he, he can't score at one end and keep them out at the other. Uh, <laughs> right. So, you know, the, the gap is eight points right now uh, between Celtic and Rangers. By 2.15 and Celtic's kick off against Aberdeen, the gap will be... Uh, reduced to five points and you know Aberdeen did better in their game away from home in Europe than Celtic did away from home in Europe they have the problem of recovery time but they're a decent-ish kind of team Aberdeen and that's a very intriguing one for me now yeah you've ruined lots of weekends with your early predictions it must be said let's quickly try and finish this teaser let's call it the last four from each then right oh. we've settled the last four from each uh, Celtic and Rangers four from each who've scored in an old firm game their first name their surname end with the same letters like Chris Commons Georgius Samaras John Hartson Lee Wallace Nacho Novo and Dado Purcell so one from each if we can I'm toiling now. I've done a lot of the donkey oh, work on this one. Okay, oh, yeah. do you know, funnily enough, the one, the, it's the same surname for both teams. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's the same surname. Spelt the same in everything, with a P in the middle. Some people don't have the P. Thompson. So Stephen Thompson. No. Alan Thompson. No, Alan, Alan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Kevin Thompson. Kevin. There, there we, go. we go. Simple. Simple. Job done. As, see if you listen to that, listen. The super scoreboard music hasn't even started yet. Flying. And you've yeah. finished the full-time teaser. That is yeah. unheard of. I'm actually wondering why we're 
so late tonight. Usually George <laughs> Bowie's desperate to get in and kick us off air, but there we are. Uh, we are done. So thank you very much to Hugh Keevans and to Kenny Miller. Thanks for all your calls and your tweets. Uh, and for those of you who are keeping us right out there on Twitter as well, much appreciated. We are back tomorrow, as Hugh said, four hours on Saturday, six on Sunday. How much Hugh Keevans can someone have on their weekend? Seriously. Not enough. The mind boggles. So it's two o'clock tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Gordon Deal and Mark Wilson will be here as well. Make sure you join us. And then on to Sunday, what a day that is going to be. In the meantime, though, you might as well stay right there because I know Hugh Keevans gets the party started to an extent on a Friday, but it's only right that he steps aside and leaves it to George on the GBX. That's up next.